everybody, and welcome to episode 123 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. Uh, this is Adam, and for the first part of this podcast, I'm going to be all by myself. And then for the second part of the podcast, Jill will be all by herself. Uh, the reason being is that she is on her way home from New York City, and I am just getting ready to go to New York City. Like two book nerd ships in the night. Is that? I think that's how that phrase goes. It's probably probably pretty accurate. I'm pretty good with phrases. Um, I am on my way to Book Expo America. She is coming back from a couple different things there, work-related. I believe she was at the Library Journal Day of Dialogue, but I also could be entirely wrong, and she can correct me when she does her little half of our podcast. Someday, in the near, near future, we will be in the same room together again, and we'll have witty banter that's both of us talking to each other, and not just... One of us talking into a microphone and staring off into space. Um, So what we're going to do on this episode, because we're going to do it a little bit separately, is we'll kind of catch up on what we've been doing, uh, and then also I'm going to give a whole bunch of book recommendations out. The reason being, I asked last week uh, for our listeners to send us emails and and let us know what books they've been reading and what books, uh, you know, let us know if they would like some book recommendations and all that jazz. Uh, you guys did not let us down. Oh my goodness, did we get a bunch of responses from from listeners, which is amazing. That's so cool that we get to hear from you guys all the time. So instead of responding to each of you one at a time via email, because I don't have time this week to do that since I'm only in the office one day, uh, I thought I could do a whole bunch of book recommendations on this episode of the podcast. Also, conveniently, because we did not have an idea of what we were going to do for today's episode. So you guys came through, which is wonderful. Uh, So what I'm going to do is I will read a couple emails here, and then I'm going to give you some book recommendations based on what those people said that they were interested in. And I just have to tell you, um, I'm going to Book Expo America in New York City, and the reason being is I'm doing a whole bunch of author interviews and some publisher reach out type things, but... As much as I love, 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 love every bit of this job, it's been incredibly stressful getting ready for Book Expo America. Uh, I'm doing, I think, somewhere between 10 and 15 author interviews. And in order to prep for that, I've been kind of wearing, you know, kind of driving myself a little crazy with all the research and things I've been doing in the evenings and and traveling all over the place and uh, wearing my, my fingers to the bone, I suppose you would say. And so I've been really, really stressed out. And then seeing all these emails from all you guys saying, you know, we love the podcast and we love listening in and thanks for the book recommendations. Uh, I can't tell you how much it meant to me. So when I'm going to New York City, obviously I'm going to have a blast, but I'm there to get a whole bunch more content so we can introduce you guys to even more new authors that you'll fall in love with and hear about some authors that you already do love. So um, this is just my way of saying thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, if you have never emailed us or if you've emailed us a couple times and you want to do so again, you can do that at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. I'm guessing after this episode, we'll probably get some more people asking for recommendations, which is totally cool. Uh, you can also do it on Twitter at ProBookNerds. And actually, if you want to follow us on Twitter, now would be a great time because I'm going to be posting a whole bunch of pictures with authors and, and events at BEA. So if you want to see what Book Expo America looks like and follow my adventures in New York City. It'll be a very bookish trip, so you're more than welcome to. Okay, 
I think that's all the housekeeping. Um, yeah, on to some recommendations. So this first email is from Tammy, and Tammy says, I'm looking for book recommendations about the Holocaust, which would be nonfiction that would be appropriate for eighth graders to read. I love the podcast. I listen as soon as I get the alert from my podcast app. I love the introductions at the beginning of each episode. You both are too hard on yourselves about how you sound, though. The content is always amazing. Well, first off, that's sweet. I, we appreciate it. Um, we do just go to, you know, we joke around a lot and we say that we that we sound awkward. And the reason being, if you ever get a chance to uh, go into a room with a with a microphone by yourself, you should try it because you're just you don't realize how weird it is just to sit there and and stare at a microphone and talk into it for a while. Uh, there's people who do daily radio shows that it's like just them by themselves, and I, and I don't understand how they do it for three four hours at a time. Normally, I feel uncomfortable after like five minutes. So, but thank you for the kind words, Tammy. And here's some book recommendations for you. Uh, so again, this is for kind of middle to pre high school people uh, who are looking for nonfiction titles about the Holocaust. I do want to point out, as someone who has, you know, half my family has uh, Jewish heritage and Jewish background, this one really struck home. So that's one of the reasons I picked this. Um, so I hope these work for you. So the first one is Children of the Holocaust, Understanding the Holocaust by Jenny McKay. From 1938 to 1945, the Nazi regime of Germany hunted down, imprisoned, and killed millions of European Jews but was especially aggressive towards Jewish children. To survive, children evaded the murderous Nazis by disguising their identity, hiding in plain, hiding in secret places, or living on the run. Uh, after the after the Holocaust, many Jewish children faced the future as orphans. So this goes into you know a lot of people think of all the the tragedies of the Holocaust, and uh, maybe because it's just so hard to think about, uh, they don't always think about the children that had to survive it as well. So that's one. Uh, something else I just want to point out, I always would recommend starting out with The Diary of Anne Frank, um, but I'm guessing your 8th grader is probably going to read that in school, because a lot of people do, um, but it's very important. I would definitely read that as well. Uh, another one is I Have Lived a Thousand Years Growing Up in the Holocaust by Livia Vitton Jackson, uh, and then the description for that one is, what is death all about? What is life all about? So wonders 13-year-old Ellie Friedman as she fights for her life in a Nazi concentration camp. Uh, I Have Lived a Thousand Years is a, a remarkable memoir. It's a story of cruelty and suffering, but at the same time, it's a story of hope, faith, perseverance, and love. Uh, this is one of those books that I was blown away by when I read it uh, several years ago. Just because it's incredible that someone at 13 years old, can be going through something so horrible like uh, concentration camps and still have a positive outlook on life. So I'd highly recommend that. Uh, the next one is Kristallnacht, The Nazi Terror That Began the Holocaust by James Beam, D-E-E-M. And all of these are going to be in our, uh, in our show notes, so you don't have to be frantically writing. Uh, on November 10th, 1938, Francis Schott slept peacefully in his bed. Suddenly, a group of Nazis broke into his house and began to destroy it. They wanted to demolish everything because Francis' family was Jewish. For days, violent attacks like this took place throughout Nazi Germany and came to be known as Kristallnacht, the Night of Broken Glass. The Nazis destroyed thousands of Jewish homes and businesses, burned down hundreds of synagogues, and murdered many people. The brutal assault came to an end, but it marked the beginning of something much worse, the Holocaust. 
And then the last one I have is The Children of La Hill, Eluding Nazi Capture During World War II. And this one is by Walter W. Reed. Uh, following the horrors of Kristallnacht in November 1938, frightened parents were forced to find refuge for their children far from the escalating anti-Jewish violence. To that end, a courageous group of Belgian women organized a desperate and highly dangerous rescue mission to usher nearly a thousand children out of Germany and Austria. Of these children, 93 were placed on a freight train traveling through the night away from their families and into the relative safety of Vichy, France. Ranging in age from 5 to 16 years old, the children, along with their protectors, spent a harsh winter in an abandoned barn with little food before eventually finding shelter on the isolated Chateau de la Hill in southern France. So uh, those are going to be my recommendations for you, Tammy. Thanks for shooting us an email. Um, I hope those work out. Let me know. The next one we have is by Mirabella. And I enjoyed this email. I enjoyed all these emails, but here's the, the next one that I picked out for you guys. Uh, hello, Jill and Adam. Hello. I've listened to your excellent podcast with enthusiasm for about a year. Awesome. Thank you. And I picked up The Historian based on Adam's interview with Elizabeth Kostova in episode 93. I absolutely loved the novel and it felt as it felt both fast-paced and densely crafted. And I especially enjoyed the prominent role of books, journals, and letters. I've been pushing it onto people as the Da Vinci Code, but for people who actually read. First off, I did chuckle at that. Second off, if you like the Da Vinci Code, that's perfectly fine. All books are wonderful. Uh, since Adam sounded like such a huge fan of Kostova's, I am, and as is Jill. Uh, I was hoping you guys could give me some more recommendations based off the historian. I've picked up The Lost Book of the Grail and The Name of the Rose, but haven't read them just yet. Do either of those put me on the right track? Please feel free to give me as many books as you can think of. I pretty much read everything. First off, you are on the right track, but as is what we normally do around here, I've got some more book recommendations for you. So if you like the historian out there, if you like Mirabella, I think these will be wonderful for you. The first one is The Dante Club by Matthew Pearl. Uh, you may have heard of this one. It was a New York Times bestseller. So uh, it's historical fiction, mystery, and thriller. And in 1865, Boston, the literary geniuses of the Dante Club, poets and Harvard professors, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, Dr. Oliver Wendell Holmes, and James Russell Lowell, along with the publisher J.T. Fields, are finishing American's first translation of the Divine Comedy and preparing to unveil Dante's remarkable visions to the new world. The powerful Boston Brahims at Harvard College are fighting to keep Dante in obscurity, believing that the infiltration of foreign superstitions into American minds will prove as corrupting as the immigrants arriving at Boston Harbor. The members of the Dante Club fight to keep a sacred literacy cause alive, but their plans fall apart when a series of murders erupts through Boston and Cambridge. Only the small group of scholars realizes that the gruesome killings are modeled off of the descriptions of Hell's punishments from Dante's Inferno, and it goes from there. The second one is The Psychic Book of Deliverance Dane by Catherine Howe. And this one is described as a spellbinding, beautifully written novel that moves between contemporary time and one of the most fascinating and disturbing periods in American history, the Salem Witch Trials. Um, if you listen in relatively frequently, you know that Jill is a huge fan of all books about the Salem Witch Trials, and I'm just a, book, a fan of all books about witches and things of that nature. Um, we both love Halloween, 
And despite the fact that by the time this comes out, it'll be June 1st, I, I always have fall on my mind. So I think that will be a good one for you. Uh, the next one is The Gargoyle by Andrew Davidson. Again, another New York Times bestseller, so you may have heard of this one. Uh, it's the mesmerizing story of one man's descent into personal hell and his quest for salvation. On a dark road in the middle of the night, a car plunges into a ravine. The driver survives the crash, but his injuries confine him to a hospital burn unit. There, the mysterious Marianne Engel, a sculptress of grotesque, enters his life. She insists they were lovers in medieval Germany when he was a mercenary and she was a scribe in the monastery of Anglothal. As she spins the story of their past lives together, the man's disbelief falters. Soon, even the impossible can no longer be dismissed. And I've got one more for you because we're trying to go the extra mile here. I have Labyrinth by Kate Moss, and that's M-O-S-S-E. Uh, bonus, this is book one of a trilogy, so you're welcome. Uh, in 2005, uh, sorry, July 2005, in the Pyrenees Mountains near Carcassonne, Alice, a volunteer at an archaeological dig, stumbles into a cave and makes a startling discovery. Two crumbling skeletons, strange writings on the walls, and the pattern of a labyrinth. 800 years earlier, on the eve of a brutal crusade that will rip apart southern France, a young woman named Elias, or Elias, excuse me, is given a ring and a mysterious book for safekeeping by her father. The book, he says, contains the secrets of the true grail, and the ring, inscribed with a labyrinth, will identify a guardian of the grail. Now, a crusading armies, as crusading armies gather outside the city walls, it will take a tremendous sacrifice to keep the secret of the labyrinth safe. A few things here has the name labyrinth in it, which I'm always all for. And this one super reminds me of Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, you know, if you're an Indiana Jones fan, which you should be, everyone should be, uh, I think you'll enjoy that one. Okay, this next email really stretched the... Uh, ability for Jill and I to call ourselves professional book nerds, but I think I think I did it. So the the author of this email's name is Jill as well. Uh, I don't believe this is my co-host Jill, but if it is, she's playing a mean trick on me because this one was a little, little tough, but I think I, I think I managed. So Jill writes, again, not my co-host Jill. Uh, Jill, the listener, writes, you mentioned you gave book recommendations and I thought I would ask, do you know of a series or books about a detective or lawyer who solves cases using body language, kind of like the TV show called Bull. Uh, Jeffrey Deaver also included a body language character in some of his Lincoln Rhymes books. Let me know if that helps. All right, Joe. Stay with me on these. I think I did it. So first things first, if you ever look up Jeffrey Deaver, you'll see that lots of people consider Robin Cook to be an author that is kind of in the same vein. Uh, he's written some really popular books, including Host, Cell, Cure, Abduction, Intervention. He likes one-worded name titles, but uh, he's a really popular writer in the medical thriller uh, area. So I'm just going to say Robin Cook to begin with. That's That's my first, like, Here's a whole bunch of books. You can take a look at those. And then two that are slightly more specific to what you were looking for. The first one is The Gauguin Connection by Estelle Ryan. Murdered, artist, murdered artists, masterful forgeries, art crime at its worst. As an insurance investigator and world-renowned expert in nonverbal communication, boom, nailed it, Dr. Genevieve Lenard faces the daily challenge of living a successful independent life. 
particularly because she has to deal with her high-functioning autism. Nothing, not her studies, her high, her high IQ, or her astounding analytical skills prepare her for the changes about to take place in her life. And then it kind of goes from there. But this one, again, it's all about a an insurance investigator who has autism and uses nonverbal communication. And then the other one I have for you is Three Minutes to Doomsday by Joe Navarro, an agent, a traitor, and the worst espionage breach in U.S. history. So this is actually nonfiction and true crime, but it's an intense cat and mouse game played between two brilliant men in the last days of the Cold War. This shocking insider story shows how a massive giveaway of secret war plans and nuclear secrets threatened America with annihilation. So Joe Navarro is the one who wrote this book, and in 1988, he was one of the youngest agents ever hired by the FBI. He was dividing his time between uh, SWAT, flying air reconnaissance, and working counterintelligence, but his real expertise was reading body language. Uh, So I think you'll like this one. Again, three minutes to doomsday, and if you do, what's awesome is Joe Navarro has a whole bunch of books that you can take a look at that have a lot to do with, uh, with body language. So Man, I I hope those worked. Please send us an email uh, if they did. So uh, those are all the book recommendations that I I pulled from just a couple of those emails. I couldn't possibly respond to all of them here or else we'd end up with like a three-hour podcast. And and no one wants that. I mean, maybe you do, but I I don't know that I I could record a three-hour podcast by myself. Um, So yeah, that's... That's some of the emails that we got. There's a whole bunch more in there. I'm going to try and also respond to you guys personally and let you know that, uh, you know, you've got some recommendations in the podcast. But if you hear this before you get a response from me, by all means, feel free to shoot us an email and saying, hey, you know, thanks, no thanks. You guys nailed it. You ruined it. Whatever it is. But I'm, I'm, I'm fine with any anything you guys have to say. So, yeah, keep all your emails coming. Uh, we definitely want to know. Uh, I will have a whole bunch of stuff that, I'm excited to talk about when I come back from BEA. I'll tell you about some adventures and all that jazz. But um, I think that's all I have. I'm sure as soon as I stop recording, I'll think of something brilliant I should have said. But um, in all all sincerity, thank you guys so much for for reaching out, whether it is on Twitter or uh, via email or if you see me in person and, and say hi. Any of those things, it, it means the world to both of us. It's it's so cool that we get to do this as part of our job. So, okay, that's going to be my part. In theory, what will happen next is you'll hear a little bit of our wonderful piano music, and then Jill will start talking about what I do not know, because I haven't seen my co-host in a couple of weeks, and I miss her. Okay, all right, that's it for real. I hope you guys continue enjoying this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. All right, see you guys. everyone this is jill uh i know you heard adam earlier in the episode and it's my time now i'm gonna keep this kind of short my sinuses are wreaking havoc on my head um i don't know if it's the pollen from whatever but it's it's not fun times i'm all stuffy as i'm sure you can hear in in this recording fun times so um yeah, as Adam mentioned in the beginning of the episode, we have not seen each other in the office in about a week um, because I was in New York last week and stayed through the holiday weekend, and then he is in New York right now for BEA. Um, so it's going to be like another 
<laughs> a few days before we see each other in the office. Um, I was not actually at Day of Dialogue, which he thought uh, that's actually going on right now. And when uh, some of our coworkers, um, Melinda and Emma, are at Day of Dialogue, I was there for some meetings we had with some of our library partners in the New York City area, um, which is a lot of fun uh, getting to talk with some of our um, librarians that we work with on a regular basis and then just decided to stay uh, through the long weekend because it was Memorial Day on Monday. So, yeah, that's why I was in New York. Part work, part fun, big combination. Um, It's funny, we were uh, in New York City and um, met with New York Public Library, but their administrative office is not at the big New York Public Library downtown. Um, Our hotel that we were staying at was somewhat close to NYPL. Um, It was just a couple blocks away. And so on Saturday, uh, we walked um, around the city and unfortunately NYPL was closed on Saturday because of the holiday weekend, which is, you know, totally fine. I got to see the lions outside at least, but I did not get to go into New York Public Library. So I'm just gonna have to make a different trip. Obviously not over a holiday weekend um, (laughs) to to actually visit NYPL because I've never been. Um, to the big building. It's very pretty. That's a nice little park. It's right by Bryant. Uh, it's right by Bryant Park. Um, you're like right next door to it. And it was a nice day to go walking around the city, but no actually visiting the library. So I'm gonna have to go back another time. While um, in New York, obviously there are certain things you just feel like you have to do, and one of those, of course, naturally is going to see a musical on Broadway. Um. Obviously, Broadway tickets are very expensive. And, you know, we have done a whole page to stage episode here for the podcast um, where we talked about some of our favorite theater adaptations of books. And I love Broadway. I do. I love musicals. Um, This particular season of Broadway, there wasn't anything I was willing to pay full price tickets for. Sorry, Broadway, but um, I uh, they have uh, discount ticket options. There are uh, lotteries you can enter um, every day um, for some of the lotteries to get discount tickets, and uh, twice a day when they have a matinee. So you can always enter the lotteries. Not guaranteed anything though. Um, or there is a um. A TKTS booth. There's a couple throughout the city. Um, the Times Square one is probably the most well-known where in the couple hours leading up to the um, the plays and the musicals, you can go and see if they have any discount tickets available that the theaters open up um, to fill remaining seats for each show that night. They are also not all plays or musicals, like not all of the shows are available through TKTS. Um, but some of them are, some and some of the big ones are available that way. Um, so you can always go in and get discount tickets. It was funny, like I got into town Wednesday at about eleven. I landed, got into the city about noon, and couldn't check into my hotel until three. So I just dropped off my luggage at the hotel for them to hold while I wandered around and I wandered up to Times Square and uh, it was about um, 
landed some shopping because of course it's Times Square. And um the the booth at Times Square for tickets opened at three o'clock and there was I got up there, I don't know, by the time I actually like made it over there because I stopped for lunch. Oh, and I visited my publisher. I forgot about that. As some of you know, I have a book running with a police escort, Tales from the Back of the Pack. It's a memoir published by Skyhorse Publishing. And it turned out that my publisher office was just a couple blocks away from our hotel. So I dropped off my luggage and then went to go visit my publisher, which was fun. I've never actually been to their office because they're in New York City. Book writing is weird. Like, I've never met my editor. And, of course, this was her first vacation in, like, six years. She told me it was the same week. So I didn't get to see it now either. But I met my publicist. So that was fun. Got to see the office. It's this cute little office, you know, in New York City. Um, so I'm going to have to go back for that, too. See lots of future New York trips. Uh, anyway, so, like, I went and visited them for a little bit. Signed up some books at their office. And then kept wandering. And then by the time I made it up to... The TKTS, it was like 2 o'clock, and so their, um, thing, their, their, they would be opening at 3 o'clock for their evening shows, and there was like this huge line wrapped around the building already, and I'm like, oh man, like, I might have to like wait in the line if we decide to go get theater tickets from this like that was crazy, so many people, um, and so that was Wednesday, we go through our meetings or whatever, and then Saturday, had done like some wandering around the city again, um, went to the meatball shop in Chelsea, which you've never been. You should, because it's all, like, this whole restaurant just for meatballs. And they do this, like, amazing sandwiches. And went to, uh, Museum of Sex, because why not? And then, um, wandered up to NYPL, get back to the hotel. We're kind of like, oh, I don't know. Um, you know, it's, we should go see if there's any theater tickets. And, uh, this was not with my coworker. It was my fiance came um so we go and walk up to the tkts booth at like seven o'clock and there was nobody in line so we got to get to war paint um which not one of the, like the really big ones but it has one of my favorite actresses patty lapone and so like it's patty lapone and i just saw patty lapone on stage so i mean the musical is okay um it actually is based on a book called war paint by lindy woodhead um it is about makeup best way to put it it is about the um feud so to speak but in during the 40s 50s and 60s between elizabeth arden and and helena rubenstein um and it i enjoyed it um but it is based on a book about their uh relationship um they never actually met each other and uh so yeah so Fun fact, this is this is all this is an entirely long story, but this is my way of telling you that if you want to get tickets for a show and you're not like super particular about what you want to see, if they're just go like an hour before curtain and you can probably just walk right up to the ticket booth and get tickets. That was my very long-winded way of saying that. That if you're in New York and you're not particular about the play or musical, I mean if you are, obviously pay full price tickets so you can be guaranteed but if you're sort of like let's see what's available just like go up like an hour before and chances are you can you can get discount tickets for um for all the shows um there's actually a couple musicals that are out um now that are based on books which is how I'm 
sort of wrapping this whole thing up and making it somewhat related to my job here, which is books. Um, so War Paint, the musical is based on War Paint by Lindy Woodhead. There's also a musical, um, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. I actually have a friend who works on this. Hi, Rosanna. Not that you're listening. Um, this is based on Volume 2, Part 5 of War and Peace by Tolstoy. And this um, has received the most Tony nominations for the musicals this year. Um, and those are just around the corner. The Tonys, big old fancy awards. So, um, yeah, there's that. And then Hello, Dolly is on a revival. Um, is one of the revivals this year. And it's based on Thornton Wilder's The Merchant of Yonkers, which he later revised and retitled The Matchmaker in 1955. So, those are some of the big musicals on Broadway currently that are based on books. Fun fact. It's got, it's got to happy how you work it, you know. Somehow got to tie it in. So that's my very long-winded um, story about... <coughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. Um, That's my cue to stop doing this and go take more medicine and <laughs> stop recording. Um, Before I sneeze all over all of our fancy recording studio stuff, which would not be a good idea. Okay, so... Um, yeah, I just got back from New York. Adam is in New York. Um, we will be back in the office, uh, next week together at the same time. It'll be the first time in like two weeks. Um, and then at the end of June, actually, both of us will be in Chicago at ALA. So if you are any of our library friends, um, who will be at ALA in Chicago, please stop by our booth and say hello to us because we will be there. Um, and yeah, I think that's everything. So, um, okay. Hope everybody, um, enjoys our separate ramblings about whatever. And, um, as always, you can find us on Twitter at ProBookNerds. You can email us at ProfessionalBookNerds at Overdrive.com. And enjoy the weekend. Bye! Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.